drive time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain, so good to be on with you. Praise be to God on Tuesday, January the 4th, 2022. Have you gotten used to that already? I mean, how many times? It's only the fourth day. How many times have you said 2021? I'm just curious. I mean, it happens to the best of us, right? But it is 2022. And we're going to talk about this year uh, today on the show. In fact, should we be a little concerned? I mean, I, I know we said this last year, all year long. Uh, but Iran blasting rockets into space, Russia launching launching hypersonic missiles. China, by the way, is now using artificial intelligence to replace prosecutors in a court of law. Oh, and by the way, they are also now officially tracking American citizens with their technology. So should we be concerned? What will happen with China, Iran, Russia, these type of players on the world scene? And we're going to have a conversation around that with retired Army Colonel Matt Dooley. Coming up at 35 past the hour. There are many stories that are of great concern to me. An Indiana Life Insurance CEO says death rates are up 40% among ages 18 to 64. Uh Uh-huh. I wonder what's causing that. That seemed to have started right after the vaccine rollout. I I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, At any rate, also, Mexico is one of the most dangerous countries in the world to be a Catholic priest. We'll cover that story coming up at 15 past the hour. Lots to talk about today and dive in from the headlines. And uh, speaking of which, uh, Rudy Carlos is here. Good morning to you, Rudy. Good morning. Uh, Anything in the news that surprises you? Uh, You know, like I said before, you know, nothing really surprises me now. Nothing? uh, (laughs) California, I heard, has got a bunch of new laws that went into effect today. Speaking of California, there is another story coming out of Loyola University. Oh, wow. Another controversy yeah. there. Sure. So, uh, mm-hmm. We'll get into that again in the headlines. Okay. So uh, so that's coming up. And then, of course, we have a good news stories next hour. Mm-hmm. So there's always a silver lining, right? Of course. It w- will it be a tearjerker? Uh, no, but it'll hopefully inspire you to, okay. to be an active participant in okay. people's defense. All right. Well, speaking of tearjerking, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones <laughs> and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. No idea what you're crying about. I (laughs) I am crying over the, uh, I am just a very, uh, you know, emotional person. Sensitive. I get very worked up. I I watched a... a, uh, a Disney movie, and now I'm just, really? I've just been we- weeping constantly <laughs> you weep ever over since Disney then. Films. Just constantly. Hey, every time a little puppy walks by, <laughs> I just start weeping. I, I'm a very emotional guy, you know. Do you also like uh, long wa- walks on the beach yeah, at sunsets, exactly. and sunrises? I the, the the look the whenever the sun is rising and the colors start changing or the sky starts changing colors, I just you I just, just burst out in tears. You shed a tear. It's quite quite and, dramatic, really. And you're single. Uh, yeah, there you so, go. There's so, options. There. There's options there. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> All right, we're going to have a great show today. As I said, we have uh, breaking news and stories to cover, Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day. We'll uh, get into a little bit of reflection there. Plus, we'll have a What's Concerning Us segment coming up at 15 past. There's some stories I want to cover. And then uh, Matt Dooley, retired Army colonel, who's an expert, by the way, in robotics and artificial intelligence. I wonder what he thinks about the metaverse. We should ask him that. We should uh, We should get into that. And and uh, did you guys see the video of like those 
uh, Boston Dynamic robot dogs oh, carrying yeah. the Santa sleigh. Did you see that? <laughs> no. Pretty cool. Like, uh, should we be concerned about this stuff? <laughs> Probably. Like, <laughs> oh, and then, like, they have these cyborgs that look like humans now. I mean, they actually have, like, human-like faces. Uh, very scary stuff. So, ought we be concerned? I, for one, welcome our robotic overlords. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, there was a Will Smith movie about that. I think there wasn't there. At, at any rate, we're going to talk to Matt Dooley about that coming up at 35 past the hour. We're going to jump into it by praying for your intentions, dear listener. Whatever's on your heart, your mind, whatever your needs are, we are going to ask the Queen of Heaven and Earth to intercede for you and for your family. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your breaking news with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. I'm Rudy Carlos, and let's dive right into the headline news today. One American News reports drone attack on U.S. base foiled. Iraqi security sources say two armed drones were shot down on Monday as they approached an Iraqi military base hosting U.S. forces near Baghdad's International Airport, Iraqi security sources said, adding that nobody was hurt in the incident. The attack came as Iran and its allies in Iraq marked the second anniversary of the assassination of top Iranian General Qasem Soleimani. Soleimani was killed in a drone strike near Baghdad airport ordered by then-U.S. President Donald Trump. Commenting on the attack, an official of the U.S.-led International Military Coalition said that the base's defense system had engaged two fixed-wing suicide drones. They were shot down without incident. And the AP reports, investigators narrow search for origin of Colorado wildfire. Uh, I think it might have been a burning shed. And LifeSite reports, DeSantis wants Florida's state retirement funds not invest in China-linked companies. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has directed the Florida retirement system to review its investments in Chinese companies that do not serve American interests. The FRS invests $160 billion in pension funds for active and retired government workers in the Sunshine State. The, floor, the state of Florida will investigate its holdings in Chinese companies and retake control of its shareholder proxy voting from ideology-crazed investment funds, a December 20 news release from the Republican governor's office said. The actions taken today will further strengthen Florida's fiscal footing and signal to those in corporate America who prop up a genocidal, authoritarian, imperialist regime that they will not do so with Floridians' money, DeSantis said. And the Blaze reports Catholic University student loses points on theology test after describing God as male. A student at Loyola Marymount University in Los Angeles says that a professor took points off a recent test after the student identified God as being male. According to a Monday report from the College Fix, the student, who wishes to remain anonymous at this time of the reporting, is a member of the Loyola Marymount University College Republicans. The outlet reported that the student innocuously described God as being male on a recent test. Theological studies professor Cecilia Gonzalez-Andrew, however, reportedly did not appreciate the student's response and docked several points from the test for using male gendered language for God repeatedly. The student should never have been put in this situation. Will Donahue, chairman of the California College Republicans and Loyola Marymount University College Republican president, told the outlet. 
I'm appalled by this blatant heresy coming out of the theology department. And those are your headline news this morning. God love you. Wow, that's horrible. The saint of the day is uh, St. Elizabeth Ann Seton. She was born on August 28, 1774. Mother Seton is one of the keystones of the American Catholic Church. She founded the first American religious community for women, the Sisters of Charity. She opened the first American parish school and established the first American Catholic orphanage. All this she did in the span of 46 years while raising her five children. Elizabeth Ann Bailey Seaton is a true daughter of the American Revolution, born August 28, 1774, just two years before the Declaration of Independence. By birth and marriage, she was linked to the first families of New York and enjoyed the fruits of high society. Reared a staunch Episcopalian, she learned the value of prayer, scripture, and a nightly examination of conscience. Her father, Dr. Richard Bailey, did not have much use for the churches, but was a great humanitarian teaching his daughter to love and serve others. At the age of 19, Elizabeth was the belle of New York and was married a, and married a handsome, wealthy businessman, William Mage Seaton. They had five children before his business failed and he died of tuberculosis. At the age of 30, Elizabeth was widowed, penniless, with five small children to support. While in Italy with her dying husband, Elizabeth witnessed Catholicity in action through family and friends. Through basic points, uh, three basic points led her to become Catholic. One, belief in the real presence of the Eucharist. Two, devotion to the Blessed Mother. And three, conviction that the Catholic Church led back to the apostles and to Christ. Many of her family and friends rejected her when she became Catholic in March of 1805. To support her children, she opened a school in Baltimore. From the beginning, her group followed the lines of a religious community, which was officially founded in 1809. The thousands or more letters of Mother Seton reveal the development of her spiritual life from the ordinary goodness to heroic sanctity. She suffered great trials of sickness, misunderstanding, and the death of her loved one, her husband, and two young daughters, and the heartache of a wayward son. She died January 4, 1821, and was canonized and the first American-born citizen to be beatified by John XXIII in 63, and then canonized by Paul VI in 75. She is buried in Emmitsburg, Maryland. St. Elizabeth Ann Seton, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 1, verses 35 through 42. The next day, again, John was standing with two of his disciples. And he looked at Jesus as he walked and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following, and he said to them, What do you seek? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, come and see. They came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought to him Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, So you are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. St. Augustine would say, John was the friend of the bridegroom. He sought not his own glory, but bear witness to the truth, and therefore he wished not his disciples to remain with him to the hindrance of their duty to follow the Lord, but rather showed them 
whom they should follow, saying, Behold the Lamb of God. St. Chrysostom would say, He makes not a long discourse, having only one object before him, to bring them and join them to Christ, knowing that they would not any further knowing that they would not any further need his witness. John does not, however, speak to his disciples alone, but publicly in the presence of all. St. Chrysostom, pray for us. St. Augustine, pray for us. I liked uh, looking through the early church fathers and their commentary today. There was a couple of really cool points. Number one, uh, St. Augustine really clues in on that, that, that slight passing reference to the 10th hour I mean, that's super cool, right? The 10th hour? Well, St. Augustine looks into that typologically, and he sees that as the Ten Commandments, or the old law that is at its twilight and its fulfillment in Jesus Christ. And the disciples whom John is trying to connect to the Messiah find that rest, that home in the Messiah, the true Messiah, Jesus Christ, which is the Son of God. Powerful thing. We talked about that yesterday. Uh, Alcuin says, seeing Jesus walking and straightaway inquiring where he resides is an intimation to us that we should, remembering his incarnation, earnestly entreat him to show us our eternal habitation. The request being so good a one, Christ promises a free and full disclosure. In other words, (laughs) you're going to get a lot more than you give. We are called to pour ourselves out, body, mind, and soul, for the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, for God, for the salvation of souls, for the pursuit of holiness, to die in a state of grace, to live our life on this planet like we are pilgrims, not permanent residents, to not hold on to this world as though it's the end-all, be-all, but rather heaven is our destiny. And yet, no matter what we bring to the table, God always brings way more. He gives more than we are capable of giving to him. And that is that free gift of grace that is so often spoken of. St. Christian would say, his not having where to lay his head. Have you ever wondered about that? Like, college, you is, our Lord has nowhere to lay. It's like, I almost always feel sorry for the Lord every time I read this particular passage about him not having a place to lay his head. St. Christian would say, it does not mean that he doesn't have a place to lay his head, but rather no house belongs to him. Because his house is with his Father in heaven, and he has come to bring us there, to redeem us, to sanctify us, to save our souls. Let us be these disciples who now knowing this, act accordingly. Amen? We'll be right back. What's Concerning Us is coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Catholic Drive Time will be right back. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Christmas Minute. G.K. Chesterton says that it is in the old Christmas carols that date from the Middle Ages that we find not only what makes Christmas poetic and soothing and stately, but what makes it exciting. The exciting quality of Christmas rests upon a great paradox that the power and center of the whole universe may be found in something very small, a baby in a manger. And it's extraordinary to notice how completely this paradox of the manger was lost by the brilliant theologians, but was kept in the Christmas carols. The songs recall the main point of the story, that God once ruled the universe from a stable, and that the hands that made the stars were too small 
to reach the huge heads of the cattle. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org. Hi, this is Lan Oswald, president of the Guadalupe Radio Network. My wife Joanne and I would like to wish all of our GRN listeners and their families a very blessed Christmas and a happy new year. Hi, this is Toya Hall, Vice President of the Guadalupe Radio Network. I want to thank you, Guadalupe Radio family, for your prayers and gifts that provide support for your GRN station. I pray that you and your loved ones will have a most blessed Advent, a joyful Christmas, and a new year filled with peace and love. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed. And inspired, I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you, praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past the hour, retired Army Colonel Matt Dooley, an expert in robotics and artificial intelligence, is going to be our guest to talk about some of these concerning stories looking into 2022, specific to Iran, Russia, China, their use of technology. Should we be concerned? Is there uh, is there just a, a media spin out there? We're going to ask all those questions in uh, in that conversation with Matt Dooley coming up at 35 past the hour. There are, as I say, a few stories that are of great concern to me, and I'm sure they are of concern to you as well. Here's an update on some stories that we covered in 2021. In fact, we had two guests on related to this topic, and that was over the Navy SEALs fighting for their rights to have a religious exemption to the COVID mandate, uh, which, as of right now, the Pentagon is basically not entertaining any exemptions whatsoever. Uh, I read yesterday 206 Marines have been kicked out because they weren't granted exemptions and they didn't want to get them for whatever reason. Uh, I suppose that's between either them and their priest or them and their doctor. And either way, the Pentagon kicked them out. Well, here's a headline as an update to that story. Federal court sides with Navy SEALs seeking religious exemption to COVID-19 vaccine order. Uh, Praise be to God. This is coming out of the uh, Washington Times. The Defense Department can't punish Navy SEALs and others who have religious objections to receiving a mandated vaccine against COVID-19. A federal district court judge ruled on Monday. Uh, The ruling uh, by Judge Reed O'Connor of the District Court of the Northern Northern District of Texas blocks the Navy from taking action against the SEALs and other special operations personnel. Praise be to God. I'm glad to hear that, and maybe we can uh, follow up this story with one of those guests to get get them to come back. Um, I'm pretty sure one of them was actually involved in this specific case, so maybe we'll follow up with that soon. You might not have heard, I know I didn't until I got back into the saddle yesterday. This is an article out of Alatia, uh, alatia alatia.org. Will Mother Teresa's sisters soon be forced to leave India? Now, this is very interesting. It's sort of a... A terrible turn of events for St. Teresa of Calcutta and her incredible organization that helps the poorest of the poor around the world. Well, the Indian government has refused, according to this article, to renew the foreign funding license of the Missionaries of Charity, the congregation founded by Mother Teresa. Depending largely on foreign donations, it may be forced to leave India in the coming months. Now, the bottom line is there is a lot of pushback on her community uh, because uh, the many in India feel like they're just creating converts. They're just converting people to Christianity. Ah, shucks. Oh, darn. Uh, darn it to bitsies, right? Uh, but what a tragedy it would be to see Mother Teresa's order have to leave India. So let's pray for them in this situation. Let's pray that they get to continue their apostolate. 
Here's a story out of Breitbart. Uh, the headline goes, Mexico is a dangerous country to be a Catholic priest. We all remember the, the movie, right? The Cristero movie that came out. What, what, what year was that? The, the, uh, the, like, that must have been almost a decade ago now. Uh, for greater glory. Great film. Loved the film. Great film. 2012. Was it really 2012? Yes, sir. So I was, I was dead on. It was a decade ago. Mm-hmm. Wow. Pat myself on the back today. And we all remember uh, watching that film and saying, oh, wow. I mean, it, what blew me away was most people did not know that in the 1920s, when Plutarco Caius uh, came to become president of Mexico, he fanned the flame of an already existing movement of anti-clericalism and anti-Catholicism in Mexico. Uh, by a government that was uh, heavily influenced by Freemasonry. And he made it illegal for many uh, of the states in Mexico to have a certain, over a certain number of priests. They weren't allowed to wear clerics. And then the persecutions just went up from there. And it include, included actual martyrdom and persecution to death of Catholics. And the Catholics stood up. They fought back. And that became what we know as the Cristero movement or the Cristero War. And uh, that movie uh, depicts it in a wonderful way. You should check it out if you've never seen it. Uh, For Greater Glory is the name of the film. But here's a little bit of this article. 2022 now. So not, not the 1920s. We're talking 100 years later. Here we are. Here's the article. The Catholic Multimedia Center in Mexico published its annual report this past week on violence and the Catholic Church concluding that Mexico is a, quote, dangerous country to exercise the priesthood in Latin America, unquote. The report enumerates 79 violent attacks perpetuated against members of the Catholic Church in Mexico between 1990 and 2021, including attacks on one cardinal, 61 priests, one deacon, four religious, nine lay people, and a Catholic journalist, along with the unresolved disappearance of two, two priests. To date, there is no news of the whereabouts of Father Santiago Alvarez of the Diocese of Zamora, who disappeared in 2012, a decade ago, and Father Carlo Ornelas uh, from the Diocese of Ciudad Victoria, who disappeared in 2013. Their bodies have never been found. The report goes on to say, the report indicates that four priests have been murdered so far under the present administration of President Uh, Andreas Manuel Lopez Obrador, three of them in the past year. The vast majority of the attacks recorded have had threats, extortion, uprising, torture, and murder as their modus operandi, it declares. The crimes of extortion, fraud against the priests and religious, as well as attacks on Catholic churches, have been on the rise during the current administration, it adds. In its 2021 World Watch list, the Christian charity Open Doors placed Mexico at number 37 of the 50 countries in the world where it is most dangerous to be a Christian. More dangerous than Kenya, the Democratic Republic of Congo, and wait for it, Indonesia, the largest Muslim country on the planet. The source of the anti-Christian persecution in Mexico, the watch list asserts, is the organized corruption and crime. Christians who are outspoken about the hope of Jesus in the face of drug trafficking and violence are often targeted by gangs to remove any obstacle in their quest for control. The list states, the indigenous communities, anyone who decides to abandon the community's religious beliefs, 
of syncretistic practices often face rejection and punishment. Finally, there has been an increase in violent and discriminatory acts against Christians by people who believe Christians are bigoted, it declares. According to the CCM report, the three priests were murdered in Mexico during 2021. Father uh, Gonzalez Cortez was found dead the night of March 27th in the community of Guadalupe, Cerrito, in the state of, of uh, Guanajuato. Is it Guanajuato? I think it's Guanajuato. Father Juan Antonio Orozco uh, Alvarado. I'm obliterating these poor people's names, and I'm sorry about that. But it goes on to say a parish priest in Santa Lucia de la Sierra in the state of Zacatas was on his way to celebrate Mass on June 12th and was killed after being caught in the crossfire between criminal gangs. Father Jose was murdered on the morning of August the 31st inside the San Nicolas de Baria parish in the town of Galena in the state of Morelos. That's uh, St. Nicholas's parish too, by the way. The CCM also asserts that neither the state uh, prosecutors or the attorney general's office have given clear answers to this phenomenon. On the, con- on the contrary, the investigators are irregular with large gaps. More than 80% of the cases of murders, extortions, attacks, and robberies against Catholic churches have not been solved, the report states. And that is the article out of Breitbart. Again, the headline is Mexico is a dangerous country to be a Catholic priest. Let that sink in a little bit. 2022, 100 years after the socialist uh, revolutions all across Europe, communist grows and spreads its errors across the planet. Mexico has been suffering ever since, it would seem, and still does today. We must pray for them. Speaking of which, there was an article out of Aladia, aladia aladia.org. Another article here, 30th anniversary of end of USSR, a time to recall millions of victims of communism. You might recall right before we went to the Christmas break uh, at the end of last year, um, we talked about Vladimir Putin, you know, regretting the fall of the USSR in some ways. And you couple that with the rise in the socialist movement in America, the out and out socialist Bernie Sanders Ocasio-Cortez and the like. How about, uh, you know, Antifa pushing for uh, a sort of a socialist revolution in our country, having a romantic notion of socialism as though there isn't a deep, dark, disgusting and evil history when it comes to socialism and communism. I mean, Nazis are socialists, right? Well, this article sort of brings up and discusses that, and it's uh, published by Alatia John Ber- Berger is the author. We did reach out to him, and hopefully we'll get him on to talk about it in more depth. But I want to read just a little piece of this article, the part on the disputed numbers. In 1997, a number of European academics published the Black Book of Communism in French, that volume whose English translation was brought about by Harvard in 1999, estimates the number of victims in the Soviet Soviet Union to be about 20 million. According to French historian Stéphane Courtois, who edited the book, the crimes by the Soviet Union included the following— the execution of tens of thousands of hostages and prisoners, the murder of hundreds of thousands of rebellious workers and peasants from 1918 to 22, the Russian famine of 21, which caused the death of 5 million people, uh, a de, uh, the, uh, the de 
Kaskinization of policy of systematic rep- rep- repression against the Don Cossacks between 1917 and 33. The murder of tens of thousands in concentration camps in the period between 1918 and 1930. The Great Purge, which killed almost 690,000 people. More of this systematic uh, depopulization, killing 2 million people from 1930 to 1932. The, the Kulaks were the victims then. The death of 4 million Ukrainians uh, in the famine between 32 and 33. There was a movie out about that last year. The deportations of Poles, Ukrainians, and other people from 1939 to 41 and 44 to 45. The deportation of the Volga Germans in 41. The deportation of the Crimean Tartars in 44. And many, many more. Now, there have been historians that have disputed these numbers. Timothy Snyder is one of them from Yale. He challenged the figure of 20 million. After two decades of access to Eastern European archives, it was clear to him that the number of civilians killed by the Soviets was fewer than the number of noncombatants killed by Hitler's National Socialist, which was about 11 million. But Schneider said, mass murder in the Soviet Union sometimes involved motivations, especially national and ethnic ones, that can be disconcertingly close to Nazi motivations. It's a slippery slope between Nazism and communism. They're on the same spectrum and they lead to the same destination. And I want that to sink in today. As we have friends and family, especially the young that go off to college and are highly influenced by these professors to think romantically about socialism, communism. It's wrong and we should help them to better understand the evils of these socialist and communist systems and their dark history. Amen. Don't go anywhere. Right after this break, more breaking news and stories with Rudy Carlos and uh, Colonel Matt Dooley is going to be on to talk about the threats in 2022 from some of these key players like Russia, for instance. All that's coming up next. Got a drive time. We'll be right back. Share us with a friend. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Christmas Minute. Since we are all children, we all associate Christmas with... Christmas presents. G.K. Chesterton says that everything looks better when it's a gift. A gift is something we don't deserve. If we deserved it, it would not be a gift. And that's why the only possible response to a gift is gratitude. And that is why we hear in the Mass, as we will hear at Christ's Mass, we do well always and everywhere to give you thanks. Everything we have is a gift. And that is why Chesterton says, thanks is the highest form of thought. That's why the word Eucharist means thanksgiving. The best kind of giving, says Chesterton, is thanksgiving. Want more than a minute? Visit us at chesterton.org. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca wishing you a Merry Christmas from the Catholic Drive Time team. A brief meditation on Christmas. The Virgin adored him saying, O Lord, you indeed have come from heaven to earth for the salvation of men. I adore you because as God you are my creator and as human you are my son. Joseph adored him saying, O Lord, you have granted me such a grace. Kings and prophets wished to see you and they did not see. But to me, a sinner, you have given such a grace that I should see you. Merry Christmas, and God love you. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm Rudy Carlos, and here's your headline news. The Blaze reports Andrew Cuomo will not face any charges over coronavirus deaths at nursing homes. 
An attorney for disgraced former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo said that the Manhattan District Attorney's Office informed them that the investigation into the controversial nursing home deaths in New York has closed without any charges against Cuomo. Cuomo had ordered that coronavirus-infected patients be sent to nursing homes for care in March 2020 at the height of the pandemic in New York, despite the much higher risk for severe illness among the elderly. More than 10,000 nursing home patients died from coronavirus complications after the order. He later rescinded the policy in May. When Cuomo was criticized for the nursing home deaths, he denied that he had any culpability and instead blamed nursing home workers. COVID did not get into the nursing homes by people coming in in coming from hospitals, Cuomo said in a media briefing in February 2020. COVID got into the nursing homes by staff walking into the nursing home when they didn't know they had COVID. Go figure. In February 2021, a top aide to Cuomo admitted that the administration hid damaging information relating to the nursing home deaths after then-President Donald Trump criticized them and accused them of being responsible for the deaths. Daily Wire reports Devin Nunez officially resigns from Congress. His letter of resignation was read on the floor of the House. He says, quote, The Honorable, the Speaker, House of Representatives, Madam, I write to inform you that I have notified California Governor Gavin Newsom of my resignation from the U.S. House of Representatives, effective today at 11.59 p.m., the letter read. Nunez previously announced in December that he would be resigning from Congress to fill a senior role at the Trump Media and Technology Group, a media enterprise launched by former President Donald Trump. The Hill reports that Nunez will become the CEO of the organization. Nunez's resignation also portends a massive change in the leadership of the Republican Party. Daily Wire reported that Nunez was in line to assume the chairmanship of the House Ways and Means Committee in the event of a Republican takeover of the House after the 2022 midterm elections. And Breitbart reports U.S. manufacturing slumps to weakest since 2020 as shortages hit production and delays depress orders. A gauge of American manufacturing slid in December to its weakest reading in a year. The final reading of the U.S. Manufacturing Purchasing Managers Index from IHS Market has revised downwards to 57.7 from the earlier flash of 57.8. Economists had not expected the tick down. In November, the PMI index was at 58.3. This was the lowest reading of the index since the prior December and highlights shortages and shortages of materials and supplier delays are a mounting drag on the economy, defying predictions from last year that these would lift as the economy moved past the pandemic and vaccination spread. And the Associated Press reports a surge of evangelicals in Spain, fueled by Latin Americans. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. Joining us right now via Zoom chat is retired Army Colonel uh, Matt Dooley, 21 years in the Army, praise be to God, West Point grad and uh, a subject matter expert in robotics and artificial intelligence. And we're pleased to have him on the show through this morning. Good morning to you, Colonel Dooley. Hey, good morning, Joe. Praise good be to God. You. Thank you uh, for your service, by the way. We, we are very grateful to you for that. Um, there were it's a, it's a privilege. There were several stories in the news uh, when I came back from vacation yesterday that uh, I think were of great concern. And we wanted to have a conversation about what we might be expecting in 2022 from an, uh, sort of an international perspective. Iran is uh, launching rockets into space, and uh, I'll never forget the, the years of, 
of warning about Iran practicing to deliver dirty bombs into our atmosphere. You know, is this a part of that? I don't know. Uh, Russia launching hypersonic missiles, a dozen of them, I think, recently. China has been launching hypersonic missiles. China has got AI technology now replacing prosecutors in a court of law, let alone using it to track American citizens or their own citizens. The spread of their social tracking system uh, abroad is now taking uh, a, a bigger pace. So what should we expect in 2022 from these, these actors, Taiwan, Russia, China, Iran, and, and more? Uh, Colonel Dooley. Uh, yeah, it's a lot to unpack. Uh, so we'll sort of take it in order. Um, the, uh, the, the Iranian uh, program for uh, their, their space launches uh, is designed to do two things. One, uh, to achieve the kind of prestige that any nation wants from having a space program. Uh, but the second one uh, is the dual purpose uh, of being able to launch a rocket that could put satellites into space uh, is also the same type of rocket uh, that you could put a nuclear weapon on. Uh, so the idea of using a, a dirty bomb somewhere or importing a, a backpackable bomb into a country is, is not so uh, so threatening. Uh, what talks When you talk about what it takes to, to infiltrate something like that uh, by ground uh, into a country. It's a threat, uh, but it's something that uh, that's detectable and moves quick or moves slowly. Uh, but an ICBM, intercontinental ballistic missile, something that uh, leaves our Earth's atmosphere uh, would enable a country like Iran uh, to strike at us uh, like the Soviet Union uh, threatened us during the Cold War. That's why uh, a country with a dangerous regime in charge, like you see in Iran, uh, having uh, that kind of capability uh, is a concern of ours. Uh, the second issue you brought up um, was the, uh, the employment of hypersonic weapons. Um, and I bring that as, as the next topic because they're related. Uh, a hypersonic weapon uh, differs from an ICBM or a sub-launch ballistic missile and then it has a much lower attack profile. It doesn't leave our atmosphere, so it's not as detectable uh, at an earlier time by our strategic uh, radar. So an ICBM, you, you might have 20, 30 minutes worth of warning. A hypersonic missile with a lower attack profile uh, and a faster speed at, at you know, Mach 5 or faster uh, comes at you uh, closer to the horizon, and so you don't have uh, the kind of early warning that you would have from detecting an ICBM launch. Um, a country like China or Russia using a hypersonic weapon with a nuclear uh, payload uh, is a concern. We've had hypersonic missile technology for a while. The U.S. has, has uh, since the early 2000s, worked in developing this kind of capability, but primarily for conventional purposes, using them as a uh, uh, an operational or tactical weapon, kind of like a cruise missile that moves at Mach 5. Uh, the Chinese and the Russians want to develop that technology for a different purpose. Colonel Dooley, do we currently have in our military uh, a way to respond to this type of weaponry? Yeah, um, it requires a, a different uh, missile intercept capability. So it's this constant um, technology influencing tactics, tactics influencing technology. Uh, that's, that's that we've seen for decades. Uh, so we develop counters to, to hypersonic weapons. It just means you have to have missiles that are faster or you have to have radars to, to detect it uh, quicker so that you can respond to it. Um, 
the issue is not, you know, one or two of these weapons. The issue would be if you had hundreds of these weapons coming at you. Uh, do you have defenses that are tight enough in your grid to stop them? Uh, it's a concern uh, if you don't have that capability, but something I think that uh, a country like the, the U.S. Uh, fortunately uh, can develop counters to. It's just going to take a while and it takes some investment. Uh, what can you describe for us what would happen if a dirty bomb, well, maybe you can just find terms, what is a dirty bomb and what would happen to us? What would be the impact if a dirty bomb were, be, were to be detonated in our atmosphere above the United States? Um, well, yeah, you're, you're talking about different applications of, of nuclear radiological weapons. So a nuclear weapon detonates, and whether it uses fission or fusion, um, destroys things by, by heat and light and, and, and blast over pressure. A dirty bomb is a conventional bomb that has a payload of radioactive elements. So what you're trying to do is put a dirty bomb uh, at a location, detonate the conventional explosive, and then it contaminates the surrounding area uh, with, with radiological radioactive elements. Uh, so you lose access to the area or you would at least have to spend millions cleaning up the area. So detonating a dirty bomb in a city um, doesn't necessarily destroy the city, it just contaminates it. Uh, which is different than a than a nuclear weapon uh, that creates a fission or, or fusion fireball. So in that scenario, which is the scenario I, I've heard many talking heads comment upon and, and suggest that well, that's the one we have to worry about, would you, uh, would you agree or disagree with that assessment? Do you think that is the main concern for us? Or do you think with this hypersonic technology, they, they, don't, they, can, they can do far worse? Um, well, it kind of depends on what you're talking about, what your strategic objectives are. A dirty bomb is an easier bomb to make if you're a terrorist, because um, you can get radioactive material uh, from, from industry sources, um, and it's easier to, to assemble uh, and then, then import to an area and contaminate it. Uh, you don't have to have something that's, that's complex that creates a fission or a fusion response. So the, the dirty bomb scenario uh, is when I see more likely uh, to non-state actors uh, to terrorists. Hypersonic weapons are the kinds of weapons developed by state actors, countries like China or Russia. Uh, and you develop something like that to overcome, to overwhelm, or to get underneath um, U.S. defenses. So that's a, it's a different scenario um, driven by, by different intent. But you also have to, to weigh in. We talk about state versus state actor, China or, or, or Russia, um, attempting to, to deter us to do something is, is the, 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 um, the concept of deterrence. Hmm. We have strategic weapons so that we can deter uh, our enemies, our threats, our competitors uh, from doing something uh, that we don't want them to do. Uh, and they practice deterrence against us. So the development of hypersonic weapons uh, is, is to create options uh, for countries that, that want to do things um, and, and want to deter us. Hold that thought. Retired Army Colonel Matt Dooley is our guest. We're going to have a, a conversation uh, right after this break about artificial intelligence as well. Maybe some robotics. We're going to get that in there. But uh, conversating about some of these stories and our level of concern in 2022. All that's coming up next. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Christmas Minute. G.K. Chesterton says, All comfort must be based on discomfort. What's that supposed to mean? It has something to do with the fact that we celebrate Christmas in December. It is the feast in the middle of winter. 
we are choosing to be joyful at the very moment when the whole material world around us is most sad. We are defying cold death outside by celebrating life inside. And that's why there's nothing more comfortable than a blazing fire in the middle of a blizzard, and why we bring a green tree inside and decorate it and talk of good cheer in the face of darkness and death. Tidings of comfort and joy. Because all comfort is based on discomfort. Want more than a minute? Visit us at chesterton.org. Hello there. I want to thank you for being a beautiful part of the Guadalupe Radio Network family of listeners. Sammy Rodriguez Jr. here, your business manager. And from my family to yours, Merry Christmas. May your heart and soul be filled with the love, joy, and peace that only our Lord Jesus can bring. Always remember that He is truly the reason for the season. be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Uh, praise be to God. Retired Army Colonel Matt Dooley is our guest. He is an, a subject matter expert in robotics and artificial intelligence, and we've been conversating about some of these concerning stories. Uh, just super quickly, Colonel Dooley, I wanted to just uh, touch off what you said last, right before we went to the break, and that was the deterrent issue. Um, one of the questions in my mind is... Uh, these like Russia, China, Iran, those type of uh, main actors in this and these scenarios we discussed, is their goal deterrent uh, or are they actually breathing threats? Because like, are we going back to the Cold War where I got this many nukes, you got that many nukes, and I guess we're all just fine? Or is there a real concern, like uh, uh, maybe amongst the terrorist groups, that they would in, uh, launch such an attack against the United States? Just real quick, because I want to move on to inter- artificial intelligence as well. Yeah, you're asking, you know, what what motivates different uh, threat groups? Um, It's easier to understand a nation state as a rational actor uh, because you've got a a government, you have a leader, whether it's an autocrat or uh, a democracy, you at least have um, a government that you're you're relating to that's accountable to its people. Um, And so you can sort of weigh your options, uh, whether they're deterrence uh, in in military terms or economic deterrence uh, or diplomacy in a way that's, that's easy to understand uh, in the Westphalian nation-state concept. But when you're dealing with a non-state actor, a terrorist, uh, you have to be concerned about what their ideological motivations are. Uh, so you know, there's a, an expression in a, in a movie that was, was done in the 1990s. I'm not concerned about a guy who has 5,000 nuclear weapons. I'm concerned about the guy who only wants one because that person's going to use it. Um, and they're going to use it for ide- ideological reasons that may seem irrational to us. And so when I, I speculate to, to what different terrorist groups want to do, it's a different calculus than trying to understand what motivates a country like Russia or China. You know, I just wanted to uh, switch over a little bit over to the AI question. And, you know, I, for one, welcome our robotic overlords. But, you know, <laughs> but no, this is a but it's a it's a serious issue that we're going to be facing very soon. And, you know, there's more and more me and my brother were talking about this over the uh, over Christmas and we were watching Ready Player One and things like this. And it seems like we the warfare is going to change dramatically 
in terms of way we fight wars. And I'm thinking particularly, we think of, we have, like, I'm trying to think of the name of that movie when it was uh, Live, Die, Repeat, and they uh, Edge of Tomorrow, where people are battling in exoskeletons. You have other movies where there's they're piloting robots that are fighting wars instead. What does the the progression of technology look like in terms of warfare? Uh, that's a really good question. Uh, and it ties uh, a lot into what I did towards the latter half of my military service and, and what I'm involved in now. Um, you have to, to look at it from, from the U.S. military's perspective. Uh, technology is an enabler, not a replacement. Um, it is something that, that enhances your capabilities but our intent is to not replace human beings one for one with robots, but to use robotics and AI to help us as teammates. Um, there are um, some serious concerns about you know, keeping human beings in roles that they shouldn't be in. Um, so if we can use robots to uh, take soldiers out of the dull, dirty, d- dangerous and mundane tasks and have machines go do that, uh, and then remission soldiers, remission key human leaders to go do other things. Uh, th- that's an area where we, we think there's some serious opportunity. Uh, but um, we're not creating Skynet or Terminator. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, what you see in Hollywood uh, does a lot to, to make the conversation difficult. Um, yeah. Are we concerned about AI being used for the wrong purposes? Absolutely. Um, are there concerns about developing effective policies for justification of, of lethal autonomy? When you'll use it and when you won't use it. Uh, and more importantly, should something go wrong, how do you hold human decision makers accountable uh, for those issues? Yes, we're, we're having that conversation. Um, we split the atom and spent 70 years chasing the consequences. The last thing we want to do is release AI uh, with no accountability and no controls uh, in, in place. However, um, we do have threats and near-peer competitors out there who don't have the same sort of uh, Western uh, morality model uh, that frames how they might use AI. So that's our concern. Uh, The battlefield of the future will have lethal autonomy on it. Hmm. Uh, So you better develop some policies in place uh, and you better develop some counters to it uh, because it's wishing it away is not an option. Uh, Colonel Matt Dooley is our guest. We're talking about uh, some of these big stories that are coming out. Uh, They came out toward the end of last year, but we're looking at them through the lens of 2022 and what our our concerns ought to be. And I saw a story, I think it was just this morning, in fact, uh, that China is using artificial intelligence to begin the process of replacing prosecutors in the court of law. And I find this very fascinating. If you're a, a criminal in China, would you? Uh, how confident would you feel in the uh, in the AI, uh, you know, uh, fighting against you versus a human? Uh, it, it begs the question of how much control will the humans have in the near future? Uh, China, in particular, is fond of using its technology to to control its people on a mass level. Um, yeah, and that technology is now being spread abroad. I know there, I think it was in Darwin, Australia, they've enacted their social uh, sort of control systems. And now with COVID, they're using uh, these systems to track its citizens all across the country and the world. So how much concern ought we to have? I know you touched on it a minute ago, but, uh, you know, with these bad actors, uh, is this going to get worse? Yeah, I think the uh, the use of AI in the courtroom is a very interesting application. What you're talking about here is using AI as a decision-making aid, decision-making tool. Uh, machines um, 
AI will always be much better at, at just crushing, assimilating and crushing data. Mm. Uh, so if, if you needed, if you had a program that could pull in, um, you know, what the Chinese use a social credit score, um, what, what websites do you go to? What have you said? What have you posted on social media to assimilate all that information to build a profile of you uh, to then justify uh, a, a human judge making a decision about whether or not you're uh, more apt to be guilty or less likely to be guilty of a charge that they've levied against you. Uh, AI could help you pull all that information together to build a case probably more efficiently than a human prosecutor. Uh, however, AI is not very good uh, in making the sort of inferential reasoning that human beings are really good at uh, and pulling bits and pieces of information, data, and, and, and mitigating circumstances that might be useful in your defense. Uh, do, do I think China cares uh, about fair and, and just outcomes? Right. Uh, I don't think so. Uh, but the application of AI in that doesn't surprise me uh, in the idea of, of taking information and using a machine to help you process it to create an outcome. You know, uh, the banks in the world, J.P. Morgan Chase being one of them, I think Bank of America and others, the big banks, they're adopting uh, these sort of social credit scores that China has developed, and they're using them to determine whether or not certain people are worthy of investments or worthy of of uh, of, of loans. Do you see that? Uh, I see that as a double-edged sword. I see that as a downside and, and a dangerous, yeah. slippery slope. How would you see that based on your experience? I, I think the question is two things. What are the parameters in your algorithm? Um, that's important. What's good versus what's bad? Um, and then what's the uh, the purity of the data set? Garbage in, garbage out. Um, if, if I don't put good information into the algorithm, then I don't have an actual true value outcome. So that's, that's always a concern about how you build AI. Um, there has to be a purity of the data set and an algorithm that makes sense. Um, it, it's not guaranteed that it's always going to be the, the right outcome. You know, Colonel Doodley, we have about three minutes left in our conversation. And, you know, I highly recommend that people tune into Intersections on Monday. I produce that show for you and Bree on Monday mornings at 8 a.m. Central Time. And the one thing that uh, that y'all talk about often and I think uh, is a great thing to to address right now is what is the principles that we're looking at whenever we're developing AI and we're developing these kind of things that seem to be almost alive. Y'all were looking at a robot the other day that seemed to display human emotions. And this is, it's for one, it's, it's uncanny. It's, it's kind of scary. And the second thing, it brings up these issues. If we're creating what is seemingly life, what is that obligation that we have on these things that we're creating? Well, first thing is just to have the conversation we're having now. Um, you want to start talking about what are the outcomes, what are our responsibilities uh, if we're successful in creating something that is truly sentient um, and have that in place before you do it. Um, have the answers to those questions before you create it uh, rather than, than chase the consequences afterward. Uh, there's a way to do this uh, and doing it recklessly or without regard to the outcomes and what our responsibilities are uh, is not how you do it. The good thing is we're having the conversation, uh, and I don't care whether or not China or Russia have the conversation. At least we are. Mm. Uh, so we at least have a, a, a setup uh, prior to creating that kind of intelligence. Let me get this in there really quick here at the end. Uh, what about the metaverse? How, how, what are your your initial thoughts about the metaverse? You got about a minute and a half. Yeah. Um, again, uh, another risk uh, versus reward conversation. 
uh, we create a metaverse, a, a virtual reality for folks to live in that's different from ours. Um, what's what's the responsibility to humankind, uh, and is it worth uh, a pursuit? There's there's a discussion about whether or not you create um, an artificial world that everybody can can work in. Uh, there's also uh, discussions about uh, life after death and uploading your conscience into a synthetic environment. Um, there are there are serious moral issues that you know. I like to say it like this: if it's wrong to do it without the technology, it's still wrong to do it with the technology. Um, we don't have to be scared of the technology. We just have to ensure that we don't lose our humanity as we develop it. We already have some pretty successful rubrics that have been in place for thousands of years. Um, Christ is, is a pretty good example. Um, we can live as good Christians with technology or without it, uh, but don't don't lose sight of, of what got us here as we create the technology. Amen to that. Uh, Colonel Matt Dooley, thank you for your time today. God love you and God bless you. We're very grateful. Thanks for having me. God bless. All right. Check them out on Mondays, 8 a.m. Central across the Guadalupe Radio Network with Bree Dale on Intersections, uh, covering the big stories uh, from both of their perspectives. It's quite interesting. You should tune in. But that is going to do it for the first hour of Catholic Drive Time. Praise be to God. Thank you for joining us today, listener. We're very grateful to you. If you can and you want to, hang out with us in the next hour. We're going to have a great time. We'll have a good news story for you. We'll also have our game show, Fear and Trembling, and prizes are involved. You could win. It's going to be a lot of fun. You should hang out with us. We'll also have to have an after show in the second half of the next hour. You can hang out live on our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. And don't forget, somebody's going to win a brand new Mercedes. Check it out online grnonline.com. Scroll down till you see the black Mercedes. God love you. God bless you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. From St. Luke's Gospel, the angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, Elizabeth, this is the sixth month for her, who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible for God. As we celebrate Christmas, let's bring impossible measures of joy and love to all. I'm Joseph Schuler with Guadalupe Radio Network, and I wish you a happy and holy Christmas. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Christmas Minute. G.K. Chesterton says that it's become a bad habit in our society to celebrate Christmas before it comes. We've forgotten the glory of anticipation. The presents should not be opened until Christmas. That, of course, is part of the excitement. And while we know the gifts are coming, Chesterton reminds us that the best kind of gift is the surprise gift. And if we have the right perspective, we should look at everything as a gift and every gift as a surprise gift. We are happy to wake up on Christmas morning and 
find gifts in our stockings, but the best gift we could ever find in our stockings is our own two legs. Want more than a minute? Visit our website, chesterton.org. I'm Richard Lena, GRN Executive Director, and from my family to yours, we wish you and all your loved ones a blessed and very Merry Christmas. May Christ come to you this Christmas with the gift of love, the blessing of hope, and the promise of peace. And may the new year bring joy throughout your family and friends as we celebrate the precious gift of life in the new 2022 year. From all of us here at the Guadalupe Radio Network, may God continue to bless you and God love you. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. It is January the 4th, 2022. Tomorrow's Epiphany, by the way. I mean, like the Epiphany blessing. Like, Make sure you stock up huge containers of water. Take it to your parish. Get them blessed. Epiphany water is an amazing resource for you and your family. So get ready for that. We just wrapped up a very interesting conversation with uh, retired Army Colonel Matt Dooley. He uh, co-hosts with Bree Dale every Monday at 8 o'clock on Intersections. And he's got a, a background and expertise not only in the military, but also in robotics and artificial intelligence. And we were looking at some of those big stories that came out at the end of the year about Russia, Iran, China, all that stuff. Very interesting conversation. We'll try to get that posted up on our YouTube channel and and Rumble and other places uh, very soon. All of that is linked on our website, by the way. So if you go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt, You'll be able to find the links to all of our social feeds and uh, the video content that we place. The podcast is available there. All of it, it's uh, it's available to you. Uh, but praise be to God, we're going to have a great show this hour. We have a piece of good news coming to you here in a moment. And then we will have a Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day. And then, of course, we play our game Fear and Trembling, and we will have an after show to boot uh, the second half of this hour. So it's going to be a jam-packed hour. We're grateful that you are a part of it. Uh, but praise be to God. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Hey, uh, you're from California. Uh, have you ever heard? Not of, anymore. Not anymore. You are. <laughs> are you still wearing your your boots? By the way, yeah, I am. Yeah, I, I can't. Well, should I lift up my foot? Uh, well, for the camera, for those on the radio, they're they're pointed that. cowboy boots that he got from Tombstone, Arizona. Plucked him right off of a dead guy. He just Ouch. died in a gunfight. I said, hey, you know horrible. what? I might as well horrible. just take advantage of this situation. Yeah, taking advantage. Speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. Howdy, howdy. You know, you were talking about taking advantage of me, right? Uh, right, right no. Right. Right. Mm. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was kind of the inverse of that, but okay. No, okay. Praise be to God. Uh, no. I was going to ask if you knew uh, Dick Marchinko. Have you ever heard of that name? No. Uh, Navy SEAL. Mm-hmm. Died Christmas Day. He was 80-some years old. He's the guy who founded Navy, uh, SEAL Team 6. Oh. And he wrote, uh, he, uh, the Navy, uh, after he retired from the Navy, the Navy uh, prosecuted him and threw him in prison. Nice. Uh, because uh, some of the guys in his unit stole the equipment. <laughs> and he got <laughs> held responsible. He, he, he upset a lot of people because after his stint as commander of SEAL Team 6, 
he he headed up a unit called Red Cell, and their job was to test the security of uh, nuclear facilities around the country and beyond. So he stole a nuclear submarine once. He captured the base commander's wife and held her as hostage once. I mean, he upset a lot of people, so he went he went to prison. He wrote a book called Rogue Warrior to pay for his legal fees. And that's where I uh, got to know uh, Dick Marchinko. And uh, I just found out he died on Christmas Day. I don't oh, know. And I thought right. maybe you might have heard of him since you're from California. Well, hopefully they make a movie out of those crazy uh, shenanigans he got into. <laughs> he got into a lot of shenanigans, <laughs> yeah. to be sure. Uh, he's kind of a, a kind of an epic person within that community, for, for sure. But uh, golly gee whiz, Dick Marchinko. It's hard to believe he's, he's passed on, but uh, God rest his soul. At any rate, uh, good news story today? Oh, yeah. So puppies, you know, we're talking about, you know, we talk a lot about superheroes, right? Super superhero people movies, jumping into you know. rivers to save drowning people kind well, of thing. Well, look, okay. you don't have to wear a super suit to be a superhero, right? You, I'm you just going to I'm just going to tease that story. You don't Do you, like cowboy boots are involved or <sighs> ice cream you know, children. Oh, <laughs> cowboy <laughs> boots are good for kicking. So <laughs> just saying, just saying. All right. Well, praise be to God. That's coming up. Uh, we always look forward to our good news story in the second hour. If you like the more serious stuff, you got to tune into the first hour because that's when we do all that. Uh, speaking of serious stuff, we're giving somebody a, a brand new Mercedes uh, come February, and it's a twenty, it's a GLA two fifty twenty twenty two model in the night black version. Uh, it's a wonderful car. Someone's going to get to drive this thing away in February. Could be you. It might be. You can find all the rules and the details, and even purchase your raffle tickets. On the website, grnonline.com is a great place to go. You can do that right now. It's fast, easy, and secure. But if you really want to be helpful, why not contact your local GRN station manager and say, hey, how can I get some raffle tickets? And more importantly, how can I help you sell raffle tickets? Because all proceeds go to benefit our radio apostolate, keeping us on the air. And it makes a big difference during this time of the year. So you might get to drive a brand new car, but we get to keep Catholic Radio going. And uh, it's a winner for everybody involved. Check it out online, grnonline.com. Scroll down to you see the uh, Mercedes picture there, and you'll click on that and get the details. Let's pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and now your good news with Rudy Carlos. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm Rudy Carlos, and now your good news story for the day. Epic Times reports young man in Kroger sees man snatch 87-year-old lady's purse and run, gives chase, tackles him, and is hailed a hero. At a Kroger in Lemon Township, Ohio, dad Deshaun Presley, who's 27, with his one-year-old daughter was having a pleasant conversation with an elderly neighbor, Pat Goins, who was 87, just moments before the mugging occurred. While Goins was in the checkout, a male assailant swiped her purse and took off, not just to her own dismay, but also to that of concerned bystanders who ran after the thief. Presley from the adjacent aisle saw the suspect, 58-year-old Derek Vaughn, fleeing toward the exit and heard Goins cry for help. He stole my purse! And was soon hot on the man's heels. 
Uh, much faster running than Vaughn and the other shoppers, Presley caught up with him in the parking lot and quickly took him to the ground, pinning him. He says, quote, I chased him down, got him. He got into he got to his car and everything, but I grabbed him, held him to the floor, got him down, did what I had to do until police arrived, unquote, Presley said. I told him, why don't you why would you steal from an elderly lady? That's a good question. An outraged rabble of some 10 to 15 shoppers, Gowen said, alongside Presley, surrounded Vaughn and ensured he wasn't going anywhere and even went as far as to make him apologize to Gowen's. The Butler County Sheriff later said in a statement that the intervention amounted to a citizen's arrest and that justice-seeking bystanders put the fright in the suspect, and rightfully so. Vaughn made a terrible mistake. People in that store started running after him. I call it the equivalent of having the pitchforks out, said Sheriff Jones. This isn't New York City. This isn't California. This isn't Chicago. The citizens here are going to take care of it themselves. Goins, after the incident, told Fox News, I feel that he picked on me because I was a senior citizen. He could outrun me. Then on December 15th, the Butler County Sheriff's Office recognized Presley's valiant act in stopping the suspect. He and Goins partook in a ceremony, and Presley accepted honors from the sheriff. The young man stated that his grandmother, who raised him after his mother passed away, instilled in him that it's important to help elderly women. Presley and Goins are not only keeping in touch, but also planned a dinner date in the not-too-distant future. And that's good news. God love you. The saint of the day is St. Elizabeth Ann Seton. She was born on August 28, 1774. Mother Seton is one of the keystones of the American Catholic Church. She founded the first American religious community for women, the Sisters of Charity. She opened the first American parish school and established the first American Catholic orphanage. All this she did in the span of 46 years while raising five children. Elizabeth Ann Bailey Seaton is a true daughter of the American Revolution, being born uh, just two years before the Declaration of Independence. By birth and marriage, she was linked to the first families of New York and enjoyed the fruits of high society. Reared a staunch Episcopalian, she learned the value of prayer, scripture, and a nightly examination of conscience. Her father, Dr. Richard Bailey, did not have much use for church, but was a great humanitarian, teaching his daughter to love and serve others. At 19, Elizabeth was the belle of New York and married a handsome, wealthy businessman, William Mage Seaton. They had five children before his business failed, and he died of tuberculosis. At the age of 30, Elizabeth was widowed and penniless with five small children to support. While in Italy with her dying husband, Elizabeth witnessed Catholicity in action through family friends. Three basic points led her to the Catholic faith. One, belief in the real presence of the Eucharist. Two, devotion to the Blessed Mother. And three, conviction that the Catholic Church led back to the apostles and to Christ. Many of her family and friends rejected her when she became a Catholic in March of 1805. To support her children, she opened a school in Baltimore. From the beginning, her group followed the lines of religious communities, which was officially founded in 1809. The thousand or more letters of Mother Seton reveal the development of her spiritual life from ordinary goodness to heroic sanctity. She suffered great trials of sickness, misunderstandings, and death of loved ones, including her husband and two young daughters. She was canonized on, she was died on January 4th, 1821, and was canonized by John XXIII and Paul VI in 1975. She's buried in Emmitsburg, Maryland. St. Elizabeth Ann Seton, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 1, verses 35 through 42. The next day, again, John was standing with two of his disciples. 
And he looked at Jesus as he walked and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following, and he said to them, What do you seek? And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come and see. And they came and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. He brought him to Jesus, and Jesus looked at him and said, So you are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which means Peter, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. St. Chrysostom said, The bridegroom stands by in silence. Others introduce him and deliver the bride into his hands. He receives her, and so treats her that she no longer remembers those who gave her in marriage. Thus Christ came to unite himself to the church. He said nothing himself, but John, the friend of the bridegroom, came forth and put the bride's right hand in his, i.e., by his preaching delivered into his hands men's souls, whom receiving he so disposed of that they returned no more to John. Close quote, St. Chrysostom, pray for us. Adrian, what did you find? Yes, Cornelius Lapide had a lot to say about this particular passage as well. Uh, one thing to note that I thought was very fascinating, he notes that the apostles, so there's two disciples of John, of John the, the Baptist, and, and so Cornelius Lapide says, well, who are these people? Well, we know for sure one was Andrew, as appears in verse 40, and he goes on to say, well, so why is the other guy not named? He said, either because it was the writer himself, St. John the Apostle, or because it was a person of no note. He's, but Cornelius Lapide seems to think that it was actually John the Apostle himself who was being referred to here, which is in, incredible because according to Cornelius Lapide here, he says that they were jealous of John's, their master's honor and preferred him, meaning John the Baptist, he preferred John the Baptist over Christ. And so John the Baptist, so John the Apostle is admitting to this fact if this is, a, if Cornelius Lapide's idea is true. But why does he think this? He says it's because it was a, uh, because when the favor, the conjecture is that John and James were companions in fishing with Peter and Andrew, when shortly after Andrew and Peter, Christ calls John and James. And lastly, the great purity, and this is the part that makes me think this is probably true. He says the great purity and the virginity in the holiness of St. John the Evangelist, you know, we talk about the loftiness of the John and how he ended up becoming the beloved disciple. He's the one that our lady, uh, that our Lord gave our lady to, to take care of in, her, in the end of her earthly life. And so he did this. Why? Because of his great purity and virginity and holiness. And it seems as though that he received this as a result of the teaching, the purity and the holiness of John the Baptist. Uh, finally, last thing I want to, to point out is whenever our Lord asks questions, when he says, when Jesus turns to them and says, what seeks ye? Our Lord is God. He, he does not have a question. He does not have any problem not, know, he not knowing what they actually want and they desire in their hearts. He's asking for a reason. So whenever you hear a question in scripture and our Lord asks a question, think carefully, why did our Lord ask this question? Because he already knows the answer. 
And I just want to leave us on that point, and then I'll leave us uh, there to go on to uh, other things, and maybe we could talk about it in the after show. Amen. Praise be to God. All right, that time has come to play our game, Fear and Trembling, the Catholic trivia game where you don't need to know the correct answers, and you could still win. That phone number is available to you right now to be our contestant. First caller gets it at 877-757-9424. That phone number is 877-757-9424. Call right now. Be our first caller at 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants like to use James 2, 10 through 11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 1.15 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2, 10 through 11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2, 10 through 11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, developed the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling. The Catholic Trivia Game Show where we have a secret and hidden agenda. So please do me a favor and promise me you will not tell anybody what I'm about to tell you. You got to keep it just between us. But there are a few things we like to do behind the scenes. Number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions where, you know, you might learn something about the Catholic faith you did not know before. And praise be to God. Gives you something to... uh, you know, to have fun with at the next party you attend. 
And number two, we like to have fun with our callers. They tend to be great sports, laughing along with us, and we really enjoy that part. And then, of course, we give out prizes, which means it's a winner for everybody involved. But here's the kicker. If you're brand new here and you're trying to figure this whole thing out, I have three Catholic trivia questions in front of me. But our caller will not need to know any of these correct answers, and they could still win the game. It's possible. And the reason why is because instead of asking them these questions, I will ask Rudy and I will ask Adrian, one of which will be correct and the other will be incorrect. The caller will then have 15 seconds to make a decision. Whom do they trust more, Rudy or Adrian? And then every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win? Well, our game show sponsor this week is Catholic Printing Press. And uh, they don't make them like they used to, Joe. Have you ever cracked open a, uh, an old book? You see the mm. uh, lace prayer cards that they used to make. Well, actually, they're still made pretty much only by Catholic Printing Press. So make a statement whether writing a letter, collecting heirloom holy cards, or giving a gift. They aim to, to provide you with something unique. They have generously sponsored our game show this week with some beautiful heirloom quality holy cards. They're also handmade in the USA. So get your prayer life kickstarted in 2022 with some amazing holy cards. You can visit their website at catholicprintingpress.com or on Instagram at catholicprintingpress. All right. Praise be to God. Thank you, Catholic Printing Press, for being a generous sponsor of Catholic Drive Time's game show. We're very grateful to you that we get to give away some cool stuff to our, our listeners. Let's go to the phones. Uh, praise be to God. Good morning to you. Happy New Year and Merry Christmas, Alaric. Thanks for calling in again. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Thank you. Praise be to God. Remind us where you're calling in from. Omaha, Nebraska. Omaha, Nebraska is on the board for 2022. That's amazing. What is it like, uh, 40 degrees below zero up there? I mean, like, what is the weather Sounds like right about now? right. Is it really cold right now? Uh, yeah, in the single, in the single degrees. Oh, that's not too bad. That's like a balmy summer day for you guys, right? I mean, I mean do you have snow some, yet? Some winters, yeah. Do you have snow I yet? We do have a little bit. Okay. A little dust, a little dust of snow. So it was it was a white Christmas then? Uh, I think it was actually not on Christmas, <laughs> but after Christmas. Bummer. That's a bummer deal. <laughs> right. Praise be to God. Now, uh, it's a beautiful place, Nebraska. I love that state. It's very lovely. I've been there oh, one yeah. time. I'd love to go back. Uh, now, uh, 2022, any predictions about who might be the trickiest of all, Rudy or Adrian? You got any opinions there, Alaric? Oh, man, that's pretty tough. Yeah, I don't know. I agree I with you. Like the Inquisitor Dominican side of Adrian. <laughs> like, I'm telling you. Know. If you talk about fear and trembling, right? Whew. I have no idea what you The Grand Inquisition is back. Uh, but I, however, am going to be here to help you get into that cup. I'm your best friend in this game, Alaric. Sorry, are you ready to play? Oh, yeah. Well, let's do this. We'll go to Rudy first, as is our custom. Rudy, are you ready? Yes, sir. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure? See. <laughs> Rudy, can you tell me? What is the term for something done in memory of someone or something as stated after the consecration in the Holy Mass. This is a tricky one. Hmm. Something gonna, done in memory of someone or something. I'm going to go with anamnem, anamnesis. 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 Anamnesis is your answer. Anamnesis. Anamnesis. Scholars are... Anamnamnamnamny. <laughs> scholars uh, defer... You know how to do pronounce they? this. Do, yeah. I'm not sure they do, but okay. They, they, they argue this. Your answer is anamnesis. That's correct. Okay. Mm -hmm. You said mm -hmm. it, not me. Yeah, amen. 
All right, let's just see what the Grand Inquisitor has to say. Uh, Adrian, can you tell <laughs> I me? I wish. Yeah, yeah, you do, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> can you tell me what is the term for something done in memory of someone or something, mm. as stated, after the consecration mm. at Holy Mass? Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. So they are, they are collecting the oh. memories and, put in, oh. and consecrating them in Mass, so it's the collect. See, we're going with that. Yeah. Oh, this is... Alaric, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, th- this is a tricky one. Okay. Anamanamany? This is a super tricky one. Uh, Adrian seems to think it's the collect. <clears throat> and uh, Rudy seems to think it's the anamnesis. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Alaric, good luck to you. And what do you say? I'm going to have to go with Rudy on this one. I Let's think. go. <laughs> Rudy didn't even say anything. <laughs> Rudy said, Anamanamini. <laughs> I was told to say this. <laughs> yeah, Anamnesis is correct. Good Where job, Alaric. Did you know that one? I mean, did, uh, or was that? I did not. Yeah. No. <laughs> Super tricky. Anamnesis. Yeah, Adrian, what are you doing to us? Yeah, it comes from the word meaning memory. So, you know, that's why you get amnesia. Oh. Uh, that's the same uh, same root. There is a up. beautiful typological link with this word in Luke's gospel. I think it's chapter 22 with the Last Supper in the upper room and the original Exodus account in Egypt. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, so you should check that out. But all right, you're in the cup, Alaric. You could win. Praise be to God. Uh, I think we can double your chances here with some good old-fashioned Catholic history question. We'll go to Adrian for this. Adrian, that's dangerous. can you tell me... Uh, what was the most dangerous, speaking of dangerous, what was yeah. the most dangerous of the heresies that denied the sacraments mm. and the entire ecclesiastical hierarchy? Mm, this is my favorite her- Wait, my least favorite heresy? Anyway. <laughs> you probably uh, have all the heresies in poster form on your wall. I, I do. I study them every day. <laughs> yeah. uh, as a grand inquisitor, I need to know these things. Exactly. And so this is uh, the heresy that was knocked down by the Dominican friars, <laughs> the Albigensian heresy. Didn't see that. Coming. Uh-huh. Know, what? Yeah. Oh, the what one tool? that the the one that the Dominicans crushed uh-huh. was the worst one. Okay. So you're saying it's the Albigensian heresy. I am saying that. Okay. All right. Let's see what uh, Rudy has to say. Rudy, can you tell me what was the most dangerous of the heresies that denied the sacraments in the entire ecclesiastical hierarchy? Yes, it happened at the Third Vatican Council. Really? And uh, they defined it as Adrianism. <laughs> wow. It's true. Excuse me. Sorry. Is that after Pope Adrian the Fourth? I got that morning. That's uh, exactly it. Allergy mm-hmm. thing going on. All right. So your answer is uh, Adrianism. Yep. From like the Emperor Adrian, or yeah, he was a Dominican and he fell by the wayside. It doesn't yeah. surprise me, to be honest. Okay. Yeah. So all right, uh, Alaric. Here is the deal. Uh, Rudy seems to think it's called Adrianism. Kind of offended. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, on behalf of all Adrians, I guess. Uh, whereas Adrian seems to think it's the Albigensian heresy. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? What say you? I'm going to have to go with Adrian on this one. You just <laughs> have Adrianism to, huh? or Adrian? You, I have to. I'm you confused. have to. Your, your hands are tied here or like, uh, like college you They're feeling pretty tied. Pretty tied. Okay. <laughs> Alaric, I knew you were an Adrianist. <laughs> I knew it. Oh, that's funny. All right. Uh, let's see how Adrian somehow works the Dominicans into this third question. Oh, don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go. You're in for two, Alaric. Let's see. I think this is going to be a perfect score day for you. We're going to go to uh, Rudy again. Rudy, can you tell me? Who, who 
delivered the news to Mary that she was to become the mother of Jesus. That would be the Archangel Gabriel. Interesting. Seems <laughs> interesting claim there. <laughs> Pretty straightforward to me. The Archangel Gabriel, you say? That's correct. Okay. Final right. answer. Let's, let's just get a second opinion from the Grand Inquisitor himself. Uh, Adrian, can you tell me who delivered the news to Mary that she was to become the mother of Jesus? Dude, casual. Casual question right there. Casual. I got easy peasy. Dominicans were, you know, the preachers. Our Lord uh-huh. had ordered that the preachers come uh-huh. and announce the coming of our Lord. And that would be St. Vincent Ferrer, the, the angel of the apocalypse. You know, the hmm. word apocalypse refers to the unveiling. And he was unveiling the truth that our Lord like was being born. or something? Mm. Or through, through time. Through time. Mm. St. Vincent answer. Ferrer, that's angel of the apocalypse. That's what you're going with. Yes. The guy with wings. Yep. Flew through the air. Mm-hmm. That guy. Dominican. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, Alaric, I can't, I don't know. This could be a tough one, but uh, Adrian seems to think it's uh, St. Vincent Ferrer, and uh, uh, Rudy seems to think it's the Archangel Gabriel. 15 seconds. Who's right? Who's wrong? What say you? Um, I think despite the train of thought on that one, I'm going to have to go with Rudy. In spite of it all. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's right. Oh, I that, that must have been really hard. I'm just saying Alaric. Luke's gospel was not clear. <laughs> not clear at all. Please, Lord, be precise in your lightning strikes. Please don't hit me, hit him. <laughs> Alaric, congratulations. You're in for three. Congratulations. Thanks for playing our All game right, today. Thank you. You were uh, a lot of fun, as usual. We're grateful to you for being a part of the Catholic Drive Time family. God bless you. God love you. We're going to put you on hold, but uh, have a great new year. Thank you. You too. All right. That is going to do it for the radio side of Catholic Drive Time. That was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that. In spite of it all, I like that. Um, we are going to sign off and uh, wish you a happy, beautiful day, blessed day. Make sure to keep your Christmas lights on because, you know, it's not the end of Christmas season yet, of course. And then uh, we're going to hang out on the live video feed for the next half hour for what we call the after show, which you can be a part of if you hang out with us either on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT, on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Odyssey, or whatever you like. But for the next half hour, we'll be chatting with you. Don't forget to buy your car raffle tickets. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Welcome to the Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel. Today we celebrate the memorial of St. Elizabeth Ann Seton. The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio. Good Christian men rejoice with heart, soul, and voice. Give ye ear to what we say. 
Jesus Christ is born today. Ox and ass before him bow, and he is in the manger now. Christ is born today. Christ is born today. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. Brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. You were sent to heal the contrite of heart. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. You came to call sinners. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. You are seated at the right hand of the Father to intercede for us. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Let us pray. O God, who crowned with the gift of true faith St. Elizabeth Ann Seton's burning zeal to find you, grant by her intercession and example that we may always seek you with diligent love and find you in daily service with sincere faith. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the first letter of St. John. Beloved, let us love one another, because love is of God. Everyone who loves is begotten by God and knows God. Whoever is without love does not know God, for God is love. In this way, the love of God was revealed to us. God sent his only begotten Son into the world so that we might have life through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as expiation for our sins. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. O God, with your judgment endow the king, and with your justice the king's son. He shall govern your people with justice, and your afflicted ones with judgment. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. The mountains shall yield peace for the people, and the hills justice. He shall defend the afflicted among the people. Save the children of the poor. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. Justice shall flower in his days, and profound peace till the moon be no more. May he rule from sea to sea, and from the river to the ends of the earth. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. The Lord has sent me to bring glad tidings to the poor and to proclaim liberty to captives. Alleluia. Alleluia, 
Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. When Jesus saw the vast crowd, his heart was moved with pity for them, for they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. By now it was already late, and his disciples approached him and said, This is a deserted place, and it is already very late. Dismiss them, so that they can go to the surrounding farms and villages, and buy themselves something to eat. He said to them in reply, Give them some food yourselves. But they said to him, Are we to buy two hundred days' wages worth of food and give it to them to eat? He asked them, How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they had found out, they said, Five loaves and two fish. So he gave orders to have them sit down in groups on the green grass. The people took their places in rows by hundreds and by fifties. Then taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he said the blessing, broke the loaves, and gave them to his disciples to set before the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied, and they picked up twelve wicker baskets full of fragments and what was left of the fish. Those who ate of the loaves were five thousand men. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. In this Christmas season, during the Epiphany week, we have today an epiphany or a manifestation of God's very nature. God is love. What a beautiful epiphany to know that every manifestation of true love, true charity, selfless love, is a manifestation of God. Let us just ponder on that reality. And let us commit to make love visible. The birth of Jesus for us is... <clears throat> the great revelation of God's love made visible. It's carried forward to the cross. No greater love has a man than this than to lay down his life for his friends, and he calls us friends. And it's carried forth into the Most Holy Eucharist that you see prefigured in today's Gospel with the multiplication of the loaves and the fish. In St. John's Gospel, the beloved disciple, the word love is used 57 times. And in the first epistle of St. John that we heard from in the first reading, the word love is used 46 times. Pretty important. We all long to be beloved. And we must realize that God is love. God is charity. He takes the initiative. This is love. That God has loved us first. 
If we can accept that reality, that will heal the whole world right now of everything. And that's the gift of Christmas. That's the epiphany of God, the manifestation, the revelation, love made visible. And so we see Jesus in today's gospel showing us two very important ways to make love visible. We note that Jesus' heart is moved with pity at seeing the need of the crowd. Let's never let the needs of others scare us away. Our natural tendency might be, I don't have enough to give. But with the Lord, all things are possible. And what people are longing for is Jesus. Give them Jesus. Give them Jesus. That's, you receive the gift at Christmas. Give the gift. Share the gift. And then secondly, you see how Jesus feeds the crowd first by teaching them the ways of God. And so bring people to the word of God. First, you have a strong prayer life, meditating on the word, and then share the word, especially by praying the rosary and teaching people to pray the rosary. And bring them to the mass, the Eucharist, the ultimate bread of life that people long for. These are very practical ways that we can make love visible. We can look for people's needs and give them Jesus, which is their greatest need. And then we can also bring them to the Word of God and the Most Holy Eucharist. It starts with us having divine intimacy with God. That's what love's all about. It deepens by building a holy friendship with God and with others, keeping a fixed loving gaze on God and seeing God's image and likeness in others, even if there's the distressing disguise of the poor as St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta talked about, but that image and likeness might be hard to see. And then to move into fraternal charity, works of mercy, the corporal and spiritual works of mercy. And so, we remember, God is love. I'd like to conclude with the account of St. John, the beloved disciple, near the last decade of his life. He was carried in to give a homily on a stretcher. He really, at this point, couldn't walk. And they brought him in, and almost every homily was this, little children, love one another. This is the Lord's commandment. Little children, love one another. This is the Lord's commandment. Well, one of the little children that wasn't so little started to get frustrated and said, you know, St. John, can't you, can't you speak of something else? <laughs> he said, if you live this, it's sufficient. This is the Lord's commandment. Let us resolve to receive the gift of Jesus and to make the gift of Jesus present to others. And in this way, we will love. We ask this grace through St. Elizabeth Ann Seton, who did this in her life. We ask it through St. Joseph and, of course, through the Blessed Virgin Mary. Amen. We now stand 
to place our prayers and petitions before the throne of the Most Holy Trinity with faith and confidence as we place in the hands of the Blessed Virgin Mary to present to God on our behalf. For the leaders of the church to teach the people of the world the word of God faithfully and to show them the great love of the Most Holy Eucharist, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For those responsible for civic and government leadership, that they humble themselves and let their decisions be guided by divine love, meeting the needs of people, not their own needs, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For the sick and the suffering and the relief and the release of the holy souls in purgatory, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. And for blessings upon all of humanity during 2022, that blessing that comes in Jesus Christ, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, who makes love visible. Anoint us in the Holy Spirit to carry the gift of Jesus to others. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. It came upon the midnight clear that glorious song of old from angels bending near the earth to touch their harps of gold. Peace on the earth, good will to men from heaven, a glorious King. The world in solemn stillness lay to hear the angels sing. Still through the cloven skies they came with peaceful wings unfurled. And still their heavenly music floats o'er all the weary world. Above its sad and lowly plains, they bend at hovering wing, and ever o'er its babble sounds, the blessed angels sing. Pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands, praise and glory of his name, for our good and good of all his holy church. Receive with favor, O Lord, we pray, the offerings of your people, that what they profess with devotion and faith may be theirs through these heavenly mysteries, through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere, to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. For today you have revealed the mystery of our salvation in Christ as a light for the nations. And when he appeared in our mortal nature, you made us new by the glory of his immortal nature. And so, 
with angels and archangels, with thrones and dominions, with all the hosts and powers of heaven, we sing the hymn of your glory as without end we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Plenis Uncelia Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread, and giving thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it. For this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it. For this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. We proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis our Pope and Michael our Bishop and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the blessed apostles and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. At the Savior's command, 
informed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, Father who art in heaven, heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy, thy kingdom come, thy, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church. And graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. On you stay, qui tollis peccat harmony, miserere nobis. On you stay, qui tollis peccat harmony, miserere nobis. On you stay, Quitolis peccat harmony, dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. But only say the word, and then my soul shall be healed. An act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you are already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, round yon virgin, mother and child, holy infant, so tender and mild sleep in heavenly peace sleep 
from heaven afar. Heavenly hosts sing Alleluia. Christ the Savior is born. Christ the Savior is born. Silent night, holy night, Son of God, love's pure light, radiant beams from thy holy face, with the dawn of redeeming grace. Jesus, Lord, at thy birth, Jesus, Lord, at thy birth. Let us pray. <clears throat> Grant, we pray, Almighty God, that by the power of these holy mysteries, our life may be constantly sustained through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And, and with your spirit. Benedigat vos omnipotens Deus, Pater et Filius et Spiritus Sanctus. Amen. Go and announce the gospel of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Songs of thankfulness and praise, Jesus, Lord, to Thee we raise. Manifested by the star to the sages from afar, branch of royal David's stem, in Thy birth at Bethlehem, Anthems be to thee addressed, God in man made manifest. Manifest at Jordan stream, Prophet, priest, and king supreme, And at Cana wedding guest, In thy Godhead manifest. Manifest in power divine, changing water into wine. Anthems be to the address, God in man. The prayer to St. Michael. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. 
prayer of deliverance. Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels, Saint Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy that thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Celebrating 2,000 years of truth, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Is a co-